Welcome back to Truth Be Told in 10 by Women Repurposed. This is Amber Newman, but today I am not your host. I get to sit in the hot seat today to discuss our latest blog regarding anger. Ivy is back again, and we are going to discuss another emotion that seems extra widespread these days. We will look at our feelings toward anger, what the opposite of this emotion actually is, God's attributes, and what righteous anger looks like. So, here we go. Let's talk truth. Hello, Women Repurposed, and welcome back for another episode of Truth Be Told in 10. Uh, My name is Ivy Neal, and this week I am sitting in as your host slash interviewer for Amber, because Amber is actually going to answer some questions for us today. She has written our most recent blog post, um, which is about anger and the gospel. Um, This week, if you remember, we're talking about a lot of these emotions that we as women are dealing with and how those interact with the truth that we know and our relationship with God. So hi, Amber. Hello. Fun to be on this side. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this with you. I think this is a really great topic and is a really important one to kind of line up against scripture and against the character of God and really think about how we think about it. Yeah, for sure. So the first thing I'd like to talk about that you outlined pretty early on in your post was the difference between um, selfish anger um, from a you know human standpoint, the difference between that and righteous indignation or righteous anger that we see throughout scripture. And- yeah, so as I was studying for this, I realized, and this is something that I've also realized just since becoming a mom and dealing with another human's emotions that I don't have control over and that they honestly don't have control over either (laughs) when they're real little, but just my emotion toward emotions, especially anger. I feel like our culture, and I talk about this in the, in the blog, but our culture really tends to view anger as a very negative emotion that needs to be squashed. Like hide it, don't get angry. Like we're not supposed to get angry, whatever. But as I talk about in the blog, really the opposite of anger isn't love, it's apathy. So if you have someone who just doesn't care about you at all, they're they're not going to get angry. If someone is harming you or, you know, exploiting you in some way, they're not going to (laughs) care if they don't love you. And so I think when we keep that in mind, that helps us shape our view of anger and also our view of God's anger. Because when we see him getting angry, it's at sin and what Mm -hmm. sin is doing to his creation. But for us, a lot of times we are getting angry, not at sin, but from sin our anger is, is coming from a place of our, our own selfishness. And a couple examples, am I getting angry because my kids knocked over a cup of water onto their dinner plate and now I have to clean up the water and make them a new dinner plate. And that just makes me angry because now I'm put out and it's not fun. And it's, frustrating? (laughs) Or am I getting angry because cancer has ruined the life of someone I love? 
or the exploitation of young children or the sex trafficking of women? Like, are we getting angry from sin, from our own selfishness, from our own pride, from our own desire for comfort or whatever it might be? Or are we getting mad at the sin that we're seeing? Because an accidental cup spilling isn't, that's not sin. (laughs) It's just an accident. (laughs) We all have accidents, but evil, evil is not an accident. Evil is intentional and was not supposed to be here. And I think that is where we can see that difference between, between those types of anger is what the motive is. What is, what is it behind, behind the anger that is arousing that emotion and then the action. Yeah. You talk a little bit too about, this goes nicely into that, about um, God's character and kind of looking at the things that anger him in scripture. Um, and I think we'll go into that in just a second, but that's kind of a good barometer, you know, to think about, is this something that knowing the character of God that he would be angry over, like, is, would this grieve him? Right. Or- is this just my own selfishness? You know, yeah. like, right. Hey, I wanted to jump in to let you know about a giveaway we will be starting at the end of this week. It'll run March 24th through March 27th. On each of these four days, we will pick a winner to receive a prize. We have custom jewelry, books, shirts, gift cards, and more. All you need to do is go to your podcast app, click on the Truth Be Told in 10 channel, and then leave us an honest rating and review. We're not asking you to leave us just a good review. We really want your honest feedback. And in return, you will be eligible to win a gift. Each day, we will look to see who has left a review for that specific day and choose a random winner. So be sure to include your Instagram handle in the review or your email address so we can get in contact with you when you win. Okay, back to the show. So I love that you went into just looking at how... God reveals himself to us through his word and making that kind of our baseline on how to handle anger. And um, because he's the only one who does that perfectly. Mm -hmm. So what are a couple of the um, things that you noticed about how God responds and what his anger looks like and how he carries that out? Just in the two... The two stories that I point out in the blog, which is a story in the Old Testament and then um, a story in the New Testament. And in both of those, I think we see a righteous motivation, a proper motivation for the anger, a proper response to the anger and in a proper timeline. And I think those are important because like you mentioned, we aren't going to do it perfectly, but what we see God doing is perfect. And I think sometimes it feels a little funny (laughs) to think of anger and the consequences as perfect or appropriate. And again, I think that comes back to our view of anger. And we really have to remember that God's anger stems from love and compassion to his people. Like I mentioned in the blog in Exodus 34, he describes himself as slow to anger. The anger isn't a descriptor of him. It's a description of how he comes to anger and it's slow. 
it's not saying that anger is a characteristic of him. It's that when he does get angry, he's slow about it. Um, another word is long suffering. And so he's suffering for a long time <laughs> before yeah. he enacts the, the consequence. Yeah. That's why I liked so much how you kind of camped on God's character for this, because we know he's multifaceted, but one of his, you know, foremost characteristics is his holiness. Mm-hmm. So for him to be holy, he has to hate sin. He has to hate evil. And yeah, because it's, it's harming his creation. It's, it's harming his image bearers. And so I think, yeah, it's just so important for us to remember that and keep that in mind as we're reading, especially through the Old Testament, I think because we see what we feel like is more drastic responses to evil and sin than, you know, say Jesus flipping tables, that doesn't seem like, (laughs) or calling out the Pharisees, like those don't seem as drastic as letting the earth swallow up a group of people or sending down fire, allowing people to be to be killed, but the sin is, is destroying, is harming those that he loves in his creation. So of course he's going to be angry. Of course he's going to be upset. Right. And he knows what is best for us is to becoming more, to be becoming more holy like him and to be glorifying to him. Like that is what is right, but also what is best for us. Mm -hmm. Um, So like how, how intense must his patience be (laughs) that he is long suffering, slow to anger when he has every right to be angry and to punish sin, you know, promptly. (laughs) Well, and just to even think about second Kings and I'm into Isaiah. So we're, we're getting into the exile and just the amount of time that God was patient with the Israelites who continued continued to break the covenant and break the law, just so blatantly break the covenant. I was listening to a podcast kind of in preparation for this blog because they were specifically talking about um, God's anger and they compared God's anger to the Israelites when they created the golden calf. They're at the bottom of the mountain. Like Moses is literally in God's presence on the top of the mountain And they're down here like, (laughs) we're going to make this calf when they had just said we were going to enter into a covenant. And they said it would be like if you started off your marriage ceremony, then took a little break before you like completed it. And while you were whatever, taking a five, you went out and cheated with some other guy. It's Ah. It was in the middle of the marriage ceremony that they, (laughs) that they broke this covenant and so blatantly breaking it by breaking the first two commandments. And we do see him with great, great patience and so much grace with his people, but patience has a limit. Patience can't last forever and it's not love anymore. It wouldn't be God truly loving us if he just continued to let us do whatever we want. That would be apathy. Be like, oh, right. whatever. Yeah, exactly. Okay, ladies, that is all the time we have for this week. Um, be sure to listen next week. We're going to have the second half of this conversation still talking about anger and the gospel. So we will see you then. 
Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget to head over and check out the blog to go along with this topic and enter to win by leaving a rating and review on the podcast app. We'll be choosing one winner each day from March 24th through March 27th. Have a wonderful week and don't forget to love God, learn truth, and live transformed. Thank you.